Hello, delicious humans. Welcome to episode 25 of the Off Kilter podcast. Starting at the top, the brain based approach with Gina. Today's episode is with my good German friend, Gina. She is a performance coach in Germany and studied a Bachelor of Arts in Sports Management and Marketing. She is the owner of Grit Athletics, and let me tell you, Gina has grit. She is one of the most passionate, driven, and resilient humans I know. So her company, Grit, stands for Growth, Resilience, Intensity, and Tenacity, which is exactly how I would describe her. She is so full of zest and her passion for learning and growth is infectious. In the episode today, she starts by sharing her story about how she suffered burnout at 23, which led her to end up in a hospital with kidney failure. In the hospital bed, (laughs) she did a whole lot of reflecting and This led her to find the brain-based approach. She studied with Z Health and now works with a diverse group of people to help them find their physical potential using a brain-based approach. So in this episode today, we talk about this brain-based approach. What is it? Uh, And she shares that we are our brains. And if our brain is receiving an input that makes it feel unsafe, then it won't give us a good output or it will give us an output that limits us. We talk about pain and pain science, how to make the brain feel safe by balancing out the nervous system, how to activate the vagus nerve and why that's important, how to cultivate more emotional stability. We talk about her work, uh, We go through a few examples about what the brain-based approach looks like, and we chat about a whole lot more. Gina says, stagnation is a bad thing. Our bodies are not made to stagnate. Our bodies are made to grow. And she helps people grow. I really enjoyed this conversation. Uh, She's a gem She's funny, Um, and I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. Okay, let's do this. Let's learn about our brain. This is the Off Kilter Podcast. It is about breaking rules, listening to your ovaries, and coloring outside of the lines. Each week, we will connect and be in conversation about how to reignite your sexuality, feel powerfully graceful, and deeply connected to your body, all while navigating life. I am your teacher, Amy Kate Burr. But I'm up to episode 25, okay? So we're going to... 
we're going to do this episode 25 of the off kilter podcast and we're rolling. <laughs> I'm here with, uh, my beautiful German friend, Gina, uh, who I often call German. <laughs> German. Uh, she is sitting in her living room in Germany right now. And it is 4.30 a.m. in her apartment. <laughs> and it's 8.30 p.m. in my apartment. So Gina is a performance coach uh, in Germany. Welcome, Gina, to the Off Kilter podcast. Oh, thanks for having me. <laughs> You're so welcome. Um, oh, yeah. I'm you don't I'm, mind my, my weird accent. <laughs> <laughs> also, my weird accent. <laughs> People can't really tell where it's from anymore after living in Melbourne for seven years and then here for three. It's like this eclectic mix. So um, I think people will enjoy listening to your very German accent. <laughs> very German. <laughs> yeah. do it like this? No, this sounds Russian, if you ask me. Yeah. No. Okay, we let's... Could, let's Okay. Um, I'm super excited to talk to you today. Uh, and we were talking before and Gina was filling me in on her life. We first met in Melbourne in Australia in 2015, 14, 14, I think 2014. Uh, so yeah, we've known each other for a while now. Uh, and like I, I like to start all my podcasts with you telling like your story about how you ended up doing what you're doing today. Uh, so you can start that story wherever you like, but I'd love for you to tell people a little bit about yourself and then we'll end up at the work you're doing now and we'll dive deep into that. Okay. Well, is this like... Um so I say, hi, my name's Gina. I'm 27. I'm from Germany. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not a dating, it's not a dating website, <laughs> but sure. <laughs> okay, no, so, um, yeah, I don't even know how to like, how to like start. Do you want me to go over? Yeah, because the whole thing, what I do right now, this is like, why it came to that? Do you want to know that, right? Yeah. So how about you start with what you do now? We won't yeah. deep dive into that right at the start. Yeah, okay. uh, and then we'll go back. And I like to call it your why. So why do you do what you do? Yeah. Okay. I got it. So right now, as you said, um, I call myself or other people actually call me a performance coach. Um, because what I actually do is I work with um, the Z Health, the brain-based approach with my clients um, to really get them to live on full potential in life or sports performance. So it doesn't, like my clients, they really reach from the professional athlete that has their body as their asset to earn their money every day to the CEO from big companies that working or struggling with burnout or depression to seven year olds that just can't concentrate in school. So that's super cool. So I am, um, I don't have a certain type of client that I work with. 
get to work with a broad range, which is super cool because it never, it keeps me on my feet. Let's just yeah. say that. <laughs> um, always taking their nervous system and how it responds to certain movements, noises, smells, visual inputs, balance inputs, and then shaping their training upon that. That's yeah. really what I do in a nutshell, but we'll Beautiful. go into that later. Yeah, we will. So how I guess I, like, how, yeah, how did you get here? Yeah. So how I got there is uh, what was I telling you before. So um, I used to live in Australia for the better part of four years, I think, right? Yeah. And um, always being crazy about, and meaning crazy about movement and <laughs> my body and my well-being and training with my friends and studying over there and then came back to Germany in 2016 in January I, I, I think and started working uh, for an agency that has funded my studies over in Australia and um, pretty much worked myself into a burnout let's say that so with 23 I suffered from burnout and had panic attacks and had a really rough time, let's just say that. So from one or the other day, I handed in my resignation and, and pretty much changed my life. So I gave that company, that company's funding agency an offer and said, so I want to work with you in the sports performance side of things because we're developing a digital product for sports um, to consult youth athletes. That's what I want to do part-time because I was super burned out. I didn't want to do anything else or I'm or resign or don't go there anymore at all. Not part-time, not full-time, nothing. And then after a few months, I actually got some response from them and it told me that they can take me on part-time and I can actually consult athletes. And that's when I started to do what I loved again. So stop working in sports marketing and going back to the whole athlete consulting and working with athletes, which was actually my passion from the start. But you know how it is. Sometimes it takes you a while to figure that out. Yeah. <laughs> so did you do your studies were in sports marketing? Yeah. So I studied. Yeah. Um, so I have a Bachelor of Arts of Sports Management and Marketing. Um, and still coached. Yeah. I mean, you know, I did like yeah. <laughs> CrossFit introduction classes over in Australia. I did mobility classes and just wanted to learn like from anyone that I was worried around me to yeah. get to know more about movement. And you don't laugh like that, my friend. I was just super intrigued in what we all were doing back then. <laughs> yeah, you were. You definitely were. <laughs> so she's um, talking when she says we, she's talking about like the tribe of us that were in Melbourne that were yeah. coaches and teachers um, and doing all this weird stuff with our bodies and spending oh, yeah. a lot of time doing it. Uh, and so Gina became a part of our tribe um, and spent... <laughs> a good what few years with our tribe like yeah. like le like, like learning and being taught by jewels and, yeah. <laughs> um, and, and really experiencing the whole thing of how it feels to be a coach that works or surrounds themselves with great athletes or even that 
I mean, everyone that can move is an athlete. So let's keep calling it athletes. Okay. Yeah. All right. Anyway, so then um, me being back at that agency, working consulting. So that was super cool. And that's when I made a decision that I actually want to get certified to be, um, yeah, let's say personal trainer for now. Yeah. Let's, I mean, it's an, it's, I did an athletic coach certification um, that took me about, I think, uh, uh, one and a half years, up to two years, something like that. So 2018, I finished it at the start of 2018. And then during that time, I've been taking on a few training camps with professional athletes, which is, was a great chance for me to show what I actually want to do, how enthusiastic I am about my work and about movement and about teaching people more about the awareness of their body. That was super great, great chances. And I took that chance. And then I started working more with professional athletes and that I had more um, old people that I worked with too. So I did like rehabilitation classes and that was super fun. <laughs> um, and then I worked more with kids. So it kind of just added up. And then 2018, I decided that I didn't want to work for anyone anymore. And then I opened up my own business. So since the, um, January, 2018, I own, yeah, it's like, it's a small not anymore. So as of this year, it's not a small business anymore, which I'm super proud of. But before that, it was a small business. And right now, I don't even know how to call it. It's like a <laughs> mediocre size business. <laughs> it's like in the middle. <laughs> I know. It's in the middle. I'm not in the millions, which is super sad yet, but I'm getting there. I'm telling you. <laughs> so no. how did your business okay. and what's it called? So my business is actually, it has, it's so funny. It has a fantasy name, so it's not a brand yet, but I'm working on it. So 2020, I've, um, I actually want to get branded. So I have a, a name in mind, which I can't say on the podcast right now because yeah, probably okay. going to be like, oh, sounds super cool. I'm going to take it. And then I have a brand on it, which was be super sad. But anyway, um, so right now it's called Grit Athletics. Yeah. Um, where I called myself that because I really loved that grit as in grit, having grit, you know, always say you're finding grit in an empty tank. Yeah. yeah. So, um, or, or grit is finding fuel in an empty tank. I think that's what you say. Yeah. Have you um, read the book Grit by, I think it's Angela Duckworth? No. She has a TED talk as well. And it's about oh, I, grit. Oh, we should share. You should share that. Um, okay. I will. I'll put it in the show notes. Um, oh, and yeah, it's amazing. And that's what she's talking about is that yeah. we need to cultivate this skill, this soft yeah. skill of like having grit, which to, which to her means like resilience, persistence, yeah. patience. Um, so I yeah. like that name. Yeah. So what I actually been thinking about is if you, because if you look at my Instagram, it's a G dot R dot I dot T dot. And I've always thought that it would be growth, resilience, intensity, and tenacity. 
Beautiful. Yeah. yeah. And that's why I, I, that's how I came up because I thought there, uh, there should be some values to what I want to provide for my clients. Yeah. And, and um, because we are training athletic movements as well, you know, it's not just pain modulation training. It's really fast uh, running, jumping, turning, squatting, deadlifting, whatever, you know, it's all athletic movement. So I, I, I had to like put it all together, you know? Yeah. And those words actually beautifully describe you as well. <laughs> Yeah, they do. Yeah, they are very resilient. (laughs) You are very resilient. You love growth. (laughs) You're tenacious. So it's a beautiful name. Yeah. (laughs) So talk to me about like the journey. You started grit. um, And then where did you go with your work? Yeah. So from the moment I found them or I started grit, let's just say I started grit. I was still employed half time or part time. Do you say half time, part time? It doesn't matter, right? I love half time. It's beautiful. Okay, half time. Employment. Okay, perfect. Um, working for a CrossFit gym, actually. Yeah. Um, coaching classes. And I was coaching a lot of CrossFit classes from like every day from five in the morning to 10 and then I've had a really full-on schedule. About, and then I had my clients. I saw them in the afternoon or at night. And then after my clients, I, I went, still went to, like, I did functional training classes at global gyms. I did rehabilitation in, like, retirement homes. I really get a glimpse of the things that are out there. And then in my holidays that I had to take from my job, I was going on training camps with professional athletes and really great coaches to learn even more and support even more in 2018. But it was so full on <laughs> that like, it was so much because I was still doing my certification the start of the year. And then I only finished it throughout the year. And um, that at some point it just hit me my body just shut off so because oh not only that i was still training crossfit i was competing in crossfit i had a a training i don't know pensum of like 10 to 12 hours a week without doing all the functional training classes that you know like run around and hop around the whole time or yeah so you can imagine how my body was run down as a woman especially you know so I had like super, um, pro- like super bad problems with my period. I, I could kill myself from the pain that I started to like have when I got it or the crazy PMS that I had before. And it all kind of limited me in the way that I was working because I mean, I'm still a female and I went out there and I had the worst mood of my life hating myself having pms and having to stand in people in front of people and then making them believe that i am so in love with what i do right now but sometimes i was just not able to yeah because it was too much you know so did you find yourself feeling uh this because when you were working and you, you were saying before we started the podcast that you did a little stint away and you were working so hard that you experienced this burnout, uh, was, was this starting to come up again? 
like what you were just talking about, were you aware that you were starting to go through the burnout again? Oh yeah, 100%. Yeah. Because I actually ended up in hospital because my kidney shut down. So I laid in hospital and that was, I'm telling you, that was one of the reasons why this whole thing that I'm doing right now actually happened. Because I'm, I was laying in hospital because I, I woke up in the morning and I woke up my boyfriend and I said, hey, I have super bad pain on my right side. Like, um, I was just above my hip. And then he's asked me, oh, maybe you deadlifted heavy yesterday. Maybe you just pulled something. You'll be all right. I'm like, yeah, I think I'll be fine. You go to work, right? Um, and then I actually had to stay at home. Oh, no, actually it was public holiday, I think. But he still has to work on holidays. So he went to work. And then about nine o'clock in the morning, i never forget, I wanted to get out of bed and I stood up and I just fell over. I was, honestly speaking, I was completely naked. I was laying on the floor in my bedroom and I actually, I didn't know what was going to happen. I had so much, I was so scared because I could not move. Like paralyzed, no strength in my body, whatnot. And I had so much pain that I felt like I had to throw up. So I kind of tried, like, actually, I, I reached my phone on the bedside table. Um, and I called my mother and I said, hey, this is happening. I don't want an ambulance because my flat's not really far away from the hospital. So please come get me and bring me to the, to the emergency room because I actually scared I'm going to die. And then she, that was hard, but she got me there and then they wanted to, you know, got my details and whatnot at the start of that. So the reception and I just crashed, I fainted. And then I woke up that emergency room. I had like needles in both of my arms. I had these things that I taken care of my heart rate, my mom sitting somewhere crying and it was like a horror movie. And then the doctor came and he's like, man, you were so lucky that you didn't die. And I'm like, what? You saying it in front of my mother? You know, <laughs> what the hell, man? It's like, what's going on? Yeah, and then he told me that because apparently I've been putting off so much stress and especially physical stress that I got gave my body um, that my right kidney has been toxic. So I had a bladder infection that I didn't even notice apparently for the better part of three months and all those bacteria have been just set in my kidney so it couldn't flush through anymore yeah and then knowing what i know now about neurology and pain science and what pain actually is my body literally screamed help me something is wrong and i just ignored it yeah it gives us like a little nudge and then maybe a little push and then a little harder and then then, it like (laughs) just actually body slams you to the ground and says it's like you dumb piece of shit what did you do (laughs) yeah you need to listen now um so talk to us about the work that you do now yeah so after i got out of the hospital i was cut down shut down for about 10 weeks recovery yeah okay Because the thing is with kidneys, you have to be super careful after that happened once. Mm -hmm. So I've been shut down for 10 weeks and those 10 weeks, I wasn't able to work properly. I still saw some private clients, but I didn't work in the CrossFit box anymore. 
and I actually handed in my resignation because I decided that in 2019, I have to start over completely, especially if I want to grow my business. And then I had a lot of time and then I started to think a lot about what else is out there as like, let's say certification wise that I can learn because I love to learn. I love to grow, been like that my whole life. And I thought there's so many things we keep stagnating as humans, athletes, whatever we do so often. And we just think it's normal. And I keep telling myself, I'm like, this is not normal. Stagnation is a bad thing. And we shouldn't be accepting what that because our bodies are not made to stagnate they're made to move and grow and that every single day because if you know something about neurology you know that whatever happens there's always someone up there asking me oh my god is this safe are we gonna die what is gonna happen oh this is a smell so nothing we do is really known i mean there's habits and there's things that we create to save energy but our brain still makes assumptions about if we're going to die or if we're not going to die. Yeah. So then I had to look around and I found the Z health system from Dr. Eric Cobb from the U S and I, I started the curriculum. And since then I've been studying a lot, um, the applied neurology approach. So brain first, brain first. Um, and I'm in the master practitioner program now, it's going to take me another two years, two, three years, I think, depends on the time I have. Um, and yeah, that's what I work with right now. So this brings us back to what we started talking when I said what I do right now. So now I do help anyone, let's just say that, um, with any problem. So if you, if, I mean, we've been talking about how, this how would my topic fit into what you do and like how we can apply that and then what i told you is that we can talk about creating emotional stability for women which that's something that i have to work with myself a lot because you know how it is as a female entrepreneur you in in a world that is still male dominated out there in the fitness industry in certain areas um, there is a lot of pressure that's put on you and there's a lot of things that you have to, it's, it doesn't really matter what kind of entrepreneur, if you're male, female, whatever, it doesn't matter. You have to be resilient. You have to go out there. You have to put yourself out there. You have to be at your best every day. You have to give it your all. And especially being a female, I think, because of all the hormone flush that we have, there is so many things that we should help our body to support to gain back that emotional stability that um, helps us that we don't have emotional outbursts or that we can create stronger relationships with people. Because in the end, what it all comes down to is that we are our brains. And if our brain is receiving an input that it feels like it's unsafe, then it will never give you a good output. Or yeah. <laughs> it will give you an output that will limit you in the way, let's say, you move, the way you feel, the way your hormones have been released, the way you sleep. It, it doesn't matter. Because if it wasn't for our brain, we wouldn't be here anyway. Yeah. So 
And I'd, I want to go to that place where we look at this emotional stability piece. Um, but I just love what you said there about, about the brain. But can you dive into like, what is Z Health? Like, what do you actually do? Um, yeah. And then maybe give us some examples about like what the work actually looks like. And then we can kind of travel into this space of like, like, yeah, with like, um, you know, the work that I do and looking at the menstrual cycle and yeah, let's, let's do it. Um, so <clears throat> what that, what brain-based practitioners do, I mean, I, I learned from Z health, but there's other curriculums out there. That's why okay. I just, let's just call it the brain-based approach. Okay. Yeah. What okay. Beautiful. Is, yeah. The, mm, let's say, the only thing that we do really is we're taking, we're considering our brain first with whatever happens because the only job the brain has really is to keep us safe. So there's always safety before performance. If our brain doesn't feel safe, there's no way in hell we can perform. Yeah. You know, and by performance, I mean working at our potential 100%. Okay? So how the brain works is really simple. We do have input systems, which are, let's say the easiest ones are the visual system, the vestibular system, and the proprioceptive system. So for anyone who is not, um, for anyone who is not, super safe about those words maybe so visual is really anything the eyes can do and you know perceive then vestibular system is the inner ear so our brain telling or that is actually telling our brain where is up so we don't fall over when we're walking this is something that old people struggle with a lot yeah um and it really gives us an idea of where we're around where we are when we move around. Are we going forward in motion? Are we going up and down? Are we turning? Those kind of things. And then the proprioceptive system is really anything that tells our brain where we are in space or where, or where, where is my finger right now? You know where your finger is, even if you close your eyes, right? And if you don't, then this would be something that you should work on, okay? So are you saying that there's like a connection that's like blocked or broken that is not allowing the message to come through or not yeah, a, there's between like the input and then the output? Yeah. So yeah. the next thing, um, that's what I was going to actually was going to come to. So if all those systems work well and they communicate properly with each other, it's like if you imagine imagine a satellite so if you want to use your navigation your google maps they have satellites above the earth right yeah. and each of those satellites they're kind of connected to each other so when you type in i want to go to wherever amy is in canada right now to vancouver and um, then i actually get a exact route of how i can go from Mannheim, Germany to Vancouver, Canada right now, because those satellites work together, giving me information. Then my phone integrates it. It works with that information. And then it gives me an output, which is the exact route to where you are. 
Yeah. And that's really all the brain is doing. So if we take, if we take those input systems as those satellites and they work well together and they communicate on a proper level and none of them is broken in any kind, then they send information to the brain, the brain integrates it, then it interprets it. Is it great? Is that, mm, do we have to take something else in account? Is it safe? Is it not safe? And on top of that interpretation or the result from that interpretation is then a motor output that's been put out there, really. <laughs> output yeah. out there, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And <clears throat> that is really the fundamental of all my training. So if I have a new client, if you want to have an example, right, of yes, I mean, how please. things work, because we have to find out if our body feels or our brain feels good about decisions or not. And I mean, if it doesn't, we have signs that it gives us. So the biggest one that I was talking about before would be pain. Pain is a signal from your brain trying to tell you that inputs are not interpreted right or not being integrated properly, okay? So another one could be um, decrease of range of motion, yeah? Or emotional outbursts or sadness or problems with um, blood flow to extremities. So like cold hands, cold feet, uh, being tired, fatigue, um, not or maybe getting a bloated belly. Those could all be outputs from your brain that would we call threats. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So if you're, for example, if you eat something with, for me, I'm lactose intolerant. So if I eat something, let's say yogurt, that is non-lactose free, I can still eat it. I'm not going to die, but my brain is telling me, oh dude, might not be the best idea because I get a super bloated belly and I get a little bit sick. And that's nothing else than my brain telling me wasn't a good idea, friend. Maybe next time you learn no dairy anymore for you. Does that make more sense now? Yeah. So the, you call them threats and like, I often call them messages. Like the body is sending us messages. um, And it's maybe not that we're not listening, but we don't really know how to listen or maybe how to interpret the information that it's sending us. And this, I think, is the super interesting part with this work that you're doing. It's like, okay, so we might know that being in pain maybe isn't normal and that our body's trying to tell us something. But, and then there are many ways to go about like, let's use pain, for example, because everyone's experienced pain. Everyone, you know, you know, yeah. has, yeah. So say someone has back pain. Now there might be many reasons physically why that person has back pain. Um, but talk to me about like your approach. Like, okay. yeah. So back pain, I think is a good thing. So not to so, have, she means. <laughs> not to have, no. Yeah, but. I love having back pain. Great thing to do. Not, not. No, she means as an example. <laughs> <laughs> But I can, I can understand her German. <laughs> yeah, tell me, you know. So, 
Um, let's talk about the back pain. No, I said it's a good thing because um, I do have a lot of clients that have back pain. Yeah, it's very, very so common. Like, yeah, so that's why I'm saying like this is a great thing for me to talk about. So the very first thing though that I have to mention is that whatever pain you experience, literally, it's about 20% of, let's just, let's go a little bit overboard. So about 20% of the pain that you are experienced is actually tissue related. Yeah. So if I have shoulder pain, honestly, 20 out of 100%, the reason why I have shoulder pain is that's really something inflamed. The 80% is maybe because I haven't slept properly because my body's created a habit of having shoulder pain because I had something there years ago and I keep touching it when I'm training or I have, I don't know, some problems with my vestibular system or my um, digestion is not working properly. Telling you this can have any reason, but the pain is only created in your brain. There is no such thing as pain receptors in your skin. There is so many receptors like pressure, heat, cold, um, sharp, dull. There's so many things that your skin can actually take, but it cannot tell you if it's pain or not. It cannot. So that's, sorry to my language, but that's just bullshit. Okay? <laughs> yeah. So the brain, so, it's coming from the brain. Yeah. So pain is created in the brain. Yeah. Um, that doesn't mean that, so for example, if I'm taking you back, going back to the topic here in Germany, we have a habit of when people have back pains, we do functional MRIs and then we tell them that they have problems with their, um, how do you call it? Discs. Discs. Yeah. So yeah. they have, like, um, they have, uh, discs that have been displaced or whatnot. But honestly, there are about 10% of those people that have been diagnosed with this replacement actually have pain because of that. Yeah. Because if we see our bodies underneath the skin, our skeleton, I'm being serious, but it's, it's a machine. It's going to degrade over time. We are using it every day. So we can keep it more healthy with the right nutrition, with movement, um, with making sure that the nervous system runs properly. Yeah, 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 I'm on that side. But in the end, it's always going to have some sort of degradation because we're growing older. So even now, I could have a displaced disc right now and not even knowing about it. And I could still, I don't know, you know, do anything I want because if it's not dangerous for my brain to have that disc displacement, I'm never going to feel pain there. Yeah, it's almost like the label or like the problem uh, that's been brought to someone's conscious mind can then their form uh, the inputs and the outputs. Like that's the yeah. dictating thing where it's like the body could be fine and the brain perceives no danger at all and they yeah. could have a herniated disc or a bulging disc. But if they're put in a machine and then visually they get that connection, then therefore there's an attachment, which then changes what's going on in the brain. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's associative behavior. Yeah. You are like 
um, deliberately thinking that something is wrong with that disc. Yeah. And that changes everything. So it's like making, being aware. It's like when you're talking to someone just the way you are, she's super excited. And then afterwards someone comes to you and makes you aware of that. You might've raised your voice or whatever you instantly, you probably feel bad. Yeah. It's pretty much the same thing I would say. So it's like, uh, what I'm hearing when you talk is like, like the feedback then therefore dictates like new inputs and outputs. So we're getting yeah. feedback all the time, whether it's feedback from people, feedback from maybe seeing an image and that yeah. feedback is changing like our brain. Yeah, of course. So say when you start working with someone who is in pain, what does your work look like with them? Yeah. So if I, if, let's let's call her michelle michelle is 36 mother of three and she's been having back pain for the better part of three years um and she had a functional mri done they didn't find anything so she didn't associate anything with her back and yeah um, she still moves but she just can't explain the way she has back pain um all right. So she comes to me and the first thing I do is I do history taking and I go all the way back to childhood. So that's one thing that a lot of trainers don't do, you know? So they say, hi, um, what's your training routine being like? Rah, rah, rah. I do not care about your training routine. If you, do, if you are in pain, I do care about, have you had any major hits? Um, do you have tattoos? Yes or no? Um, do you have glasses? Did you ever have an operation? Do you have big scars on your body? Those kind of things. It doesn't matter when they happen to you. Those kind of things that I'm interested in. So are you looking for trauma to the nervous yeah. system? Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. 100%. Because if there is trauma to your nervous system that has happened before, it doesn't matter if that is 20, 30, 50, 60 years ago, two months ago, it doesn't matter. If trauma has happened to the nervous system and you've never properly rehabilitated it, it can always be the reason for your pain. Okay, that's number one. So then we start. I explained to my client, I said, hey, Michelle, look, so this is what I do. I take your brain into account first at all times. But to find out where your pain actually comes from, I have to make sure that all input systems are working fine. The way I do that is... I do screen her cranial nerves. So our brain has a few parts that I'm working with. And the, our cranial nerve sits, they sit in, let's just, I'll try to explain as easy as I can. So if there's any people out there working with the same approach, don't hold me up on it. If it's very simple. (laughs) No, I love that. It should be simple. And I think that's super important for you to say that because even the smartest person that is a specialist, if they can't explain it to a five-year-old, they just have no right in expressing it, I think. So you can explain it like you're explaining it to a five-year-old. I'm super cool with that. (laughs) Okay, cool. No, okay. Because, you know, neurology can get really confusing at times. That's why for me, it's so cool that I can actually get that message out there because right now there's not so many people that work with that, you know? Yeah. And the results are great. So anyway, so I explained to Michelle, I said, look, we have cranial nerves. Yeah. And we have three major parts in your brain that we're looking at. We have the midbrain, which 
has visual system, yeah, like a few of the muscles in your eyes that are sitting in there, and we have smell and other things. And then we have the pons, which have a lot of, let's say, vestibular, they have facial stuff in there, you know, like facial nerves. And then we have the medulla, where in the medulla we have things like digestion, um, we have flexion, muscle tone, we have some respiratory stuff, we have the autonomous nervous system sitting there, etc., etc. And those cranial nerves, I have them on a sheet of paper, and like cranial nerve one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, da 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 da. And then there's simple exercises that I have her do. And if it's if I say I want to see, okay, let's check uh, cranial nerves three and four as an example, which are um, working on your eyes tracking in. Yeah, so if you are going for a near target, if you can, like, I mean, anyone out there listening, you can get your finger in front of your face, focusing your finger, and then going all the way in to your, towards your eyes, and you feel like you're getting cross-eyed. Yeah. That's cranial nerve three, and if you go a little bit more down, it's cranial nerve four. So I do that. I say to Michelle, okay, Michelle, look, we're going to check these two cranial nerves. No rush on that. But before we do, let's have a little test that we can see if we have a decreased or increased motor output before and after. So we want, because we want to see the effects of those nerves, right? So I probably, maybe she said, oh, range of motion you're asking me for. Okay. I have super bad internal rotating shoulders. So this is all I have her do. I have her put your, her, her elbow up starting in an upright L and then I let her just have her elbow drop down and see how far she can internally rotate. All right. We look at that. Maybe sometimes I take pictures. Then I have her do her cranial nerve three, cranial nerve four, and then I check again. And now I see has that motion of eye muscles for those nerves been a threat to my brain? I probably have decreased range of motion. If it is my brain is thankful that we have deliberately tested, then I probably have increased range of motion. Okay. So how uh, how are the? Can you explain to people out there? So how is that connected? Like why would you pick, why do you pick those two tasks and then say she picks her shoulder, where's the connection there? Like how is it increasing or decreasing the range yeah. of motion? So comes down to the, print, the basic principle of input interpretation output. If I have her track in her eyes with her finger on a deliberate level, so we're talking about deliberate practice, which you know is a different thing than a subconscious practice, right? Or subconscious moving. So deliberate practice, and I have her track her eyes in. That's an input that her brain receives. If her eyes have not been, let's just give an example. If her eyes have not been doing that for a long time deliberately, yeah, using those eye muscles to have the eyes track in at all, then her brain might be either thankful that we did that. So it will give her then increased range of motion because the whole nervous system adapts. So it doesn't matter. I could have 
Uh, she could have done a forward fold. She could have done a body rotation. She could have checked if her neck rotation range of motion increased. It's just the easiest test for her to do. She could also, though, check if her back pain would decrease or increase. Because whatever we do, it comes down to we give an input, in this case, the visual system, then we let the brain interpret it and then integrate it. And then the brain receives it, um, the, uh, produces an output. And that output can be anything, anywhere in the body. She could have been dizzy. She could have had more pain. She could have also had increased range of motion in some sort of joints, or she could have had less pain. And then that's what we do with all the cranial nerves. So I just picked three and four, okay? Yeah. Now let's take cranial nerve 10, the vagus nerve. You probably, you've heard of the vagus nerve, yeah? yeah. Um, so let's take cranial nerve 10. We take the vagus nerve and the exercise that we would do is, um, we probably have her put, I have like a little vibration stick and there is a certain area in your ear that you can activate vagus nerve, so cranial nerve 10, with vibration on the right side. Can you just tell and people have... what, the va- what the vagus nerve is? Yeah, of course. Or do you want me to tell you right now? Yeah, I do. Oh, so the vagus nerve, we call it the, um, he- the nerve that can heal the body because it actually is responsible for your autonomous nervous system, the regulation and homeostasis. So it will make sure that digestion runs properly, heart rate, blood pressure. It is the start of the parasympathetic uh, muscle tone. Also, you can set it with that. And what it also does, and that's, I think that's the next topic that we should talk about with the emotional stability. The vagus nerve is actually the direct messenger to the insular cortex which is anything that has to do with interoception. And interoception is um, autonomous nervous system and also emotional stability, um, sensation, sexual drive, um, taste, stuff like that. Yeah, control. It's really important. (laughs) It's kind of a big deal, the thing. (laughs) Okay, thank you. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, so we'd have her test that and then we do again. We see if her brain liked it or didn't. And we can just see that on any kind of retest that you can imagine. If I talk about it like that, for you guys out there, it might sound, let's say, a little bit like hokey hokey pokey. Like, oh my God, and then pain is gone or whatever. But I'm telling you, this is how neurology works. If you make your brain feel safe, there is no reason for your brain to give you any pain signal at all. Even so if she, when she's doing the tests, are you making her brain feel safe? Well, that's what we want to find out. Okay. So, so if you're just find, testing how yeah. the nervous system is reacting through those tests and then it gives exactly. you an indicator what's going on with her nervous system. And then from there, you would move forward with the work that you do with her. Yeah. So then we still want to find out why she has back pain, right? Yes. So we've tested all the cranial nerves 
And we might have found that the first part of the nerves that sit in the midbrain, which is also the start of the sympathetic nervous system, so setting muscle tone for fight and flight and movement and training and blah, 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 that might be a little bit overloaded because every time I tested her in those area, uh, areas, she's had a bad result in her retest. Okay. okay. All right. I'm understanding now. Yeah. So then for me as a, as a, as a coach, I, I, I think, all right, well, that, that area might be a little bit overloaded. So maybe we can start the training period with activating another part to level out a little bit. And most of the time with people that have that kind of pain sensation, I do start with activating the vagus nerve because it just levels out their sympathetic and the parasympathetic tone. Okay. So yeah. you're trying to balance out the sympathetic and the parasympathetic. Yeah. So let's I just mean, say the sympathetic, which is our fight or flight, we're in stress, we feel yeah. pain, all that kind of I stuff. It's just, yeah. it's on. Yeah. It's like green and it's going. Whereas our parasympathetic, which is like our rest and digest, it keeps us calm. It is like a nurturer. It might be it's not on. It's not on as well. So there's a big well, imbalance. Is that what? Well, it's always, they're, they're always on. Yes. Yeah, because we need the homeostasis to happen. So they're balanced in the body. But sometimes, especially because let's say Michelle, she has three kids, right? And she is um, an alone mom and she's still working. So she has a lot of fight or flight in her life. Okay. And sometimes the body gets then used to being in fight or flight mode. Yeah. So it just creates a simple habit around it. It's like, you know, you come home, you don't see that the dishes are made, you get stressed. And you're creating a habit because it's always like that. And then you're predicting, oh, I'm coming home, I'm going to be stressed already because I'm sure the dishes are not done. <laughs> And that's what your brain does in the moment of that. So if, if I feel like your midbrain has a bit of an overdrive and she just, she probably struggles with things like calming down at night, she can't sleep properly, she's not eating a lot and enough or she's too much. Yeah, because digestion is not regulated, rah, rah, rah. So hunger sensations not coming up or it's coming up too much. So that's why then for her and Michelle, in Michelle's case, I would be like, you know what? Let's try with Vegas first, give her two or three weeks. And then she gets simple exercises that she can, additionally to seeing me once a week, she can integrate in her daily life. And that for me is the most important thing at my work because the only exercise that is working is the one that you're actually doing. Yeah. <laughs> so what do those exercises look like? So if, yeah. if your goal with her is trying to uh, balance this system and um, activate the vagus nerve, what would she be doing to do that? Well, she, there is few things that she can help her vagus nerve and in sending the information to the interoceptive cortex that I talked before, for example, could be 
if she reacted well to the vibration in her ear, yeah, um, she could be doing that for 30 seconds on, 30 seconds off before she goes to bed for about two minutes. Okay. Yeah, so then she could do some breathing work. So if I breathe in through my nose very deeply and then I breathe out very deeply and then I hold my breath for about five seconds and I keep repeating that for about two minutes, I also activate vagus. Yeah, so it's, a, that's, it's in the medulla, it's in the last part of the brainstem and that's where the vagus nerve sits and that's how we can activate that area if we do certain breathing patterns. Yeah. Or that's one thing that I use a lot I do um, abdomen compression. So for me, actually, I'm wearing compression belt right now because I'm getting my period. So I get a little bit unstable with my emotions, but I have to get a lot of work done. But wearing that belt and that compression about my abs is actually helping me to just stay calm. I never believed in it until I started doing it myself. And since then, I keep, I keep telling all my female clients, especially, so that could be something. So she could be wearing that belt for two weeks for half the day when she runs around and has like all that stress and it would continuously send information through the nerve endings from the vagus nerve around the abdomen to her insular cortex, which would then be like, all right, cool. We can like level out stuff like, rah, rah, rah. but it's it would happen on a constant level. And the nicest thing about these, let's just call them neuro hacks is that you can implement them in your day. She can wear that belt and she has a jumper on top and no one would notice. Yeah. And she's still training her nervous system. She goes to bed and she has four minutes of work that she had to do to have found a better sleep, to increase her percentage of REM, so rapid eye movement throughout her deep sleep and so on. And that's things that are realistic for a mom with three kids. Yeah. I really like that because I often speak about this big red umbrella um, and that the big red umbrella is like the nervous system. It encompasses everything. And then we've got certain prongs and like those prongs could be our food. It can be our sleep. It can be our menstrual cycle. And to me, when you're talking, this is like another prong. These are these, this is like another way or tools and resources that you can use to give your umbrella shape to help your nervous system because really that's what it all comes down to is how healthy and happy is your nervous system because if it's not then that's when stuff comes up messages pain irregular cycles unhappy hormones um, yeah emotional instability and so i think when you talk about it, I picture my, this umbrella and I'm like, okay, so this is a prong and this is an important prong in the umbrella to give the umbrella shape and to look after our nervous system. Yeah, exactly. It might even be the handle of the umbrella. Oh yeah. Well, the, yeah, it could be no. the handle. Yes. Because the nervous system is the thing that holds all of these things. Oh yeah, no. So the nervous system is the big red umbrella that holds everything and like the work that you do. So the exercises oh, oh, okay, okay, are like a yes. prong. Yeah. So like the nervous system or say the brain is the, the big, big red umbrella. <laughs> and then yeah. like the tools and strategies and your process and your method yep. is like I'm a wondering. prong. Yeah. Because like yep. 
you know, we can do this work. We can do like other work to calm down the nervous system a little bit. You know, we can do this and that, but like to me, this is a prong. This is like, okay, I've got tools and exercises that I can do that talk to my nerves, uh, that help calm down the nervous system. But support the whole system. Yeah, exactly. Support the whole system because yeah. then I can get results. Yeah. I can be, I can move from feeling irritable to feeling balanced. I can move from being in pain to pain free. And I can move from, you know, not having any trust with my body to maybe then trusting my body. Exactly. And I mean, when we're um, starting to talk about your topic, um, when we as females, like me right now, talking literally about myself, um, I probably start to get my period tomorrow, yeah? Um, but I've been wearing my belt for the last three days because I get bloated a lot and it just supports me and it gives me a feeling of security mm. because it, it helped, it, it's kind of pressure, it's like holding me, and it might sound a little bit philosophical right now. No, it doesn't. There's actually a lot of studies with um, yeah, exactly. uh, like autism and Asperger's and people that yep. find it hard to regulate themselves that this pressure yeah. actually helps calm the nervous system down. Yeah. It's even, I, I even have a, a weighted blankie. That yeah, I, so do I. <laughs> yeah, because, not because, those receptors that we have or those nerve endings that actually come out of the vagus nerve and because it's a super long nerve, it goes really pretty much all around the body. And then when you know what, what, what it reports to, so that insular cortex, that cortex is responsible even for self, um, like body awareness and self-worth. And I, I wrote it down here. It's the regulation of the immune system, the sense of body ownership. Right. Yeah. And that all sits in that insular cortex. And that's that major center where the vagus nerve reports to. So if I know, especially as a female, that when I have, because I have super bad PMS, or I used to, but since I've been integrating the stuff that is working very well for me in the neurological perspective, I'm super cool to deal with. Yeah. Because I do some breathing exercises in the morning. I do them at night. I sometimes do them at work when I'm stressed. I go to the toilet. It takes me like a minute longer. and do two or three deep breaths, keep holding them, and I come back out, and I just I feel refreshed. I feel calm. I'm not so hungry anymore. I don't want to eat so much shit. I balance out my, um, my sense of hunger. And I, you know how when you get your period, for me, I always feel super ugly. Yeah. It's so bad. I feel like the ugliest woman in the world. I could sit in the mirror and I could cry. But yeah, it's when those hormones take a deep dive. <laughs> I know. Yeah. They're making you remember that Jay out there. <laughs> yeah. But then having my so that's why I said yesterday, I think this podcast can be so interesting because it can provide a toolbox for those women out there to make sure that when they have those moments, when they go all the way down into the dark hole, and I, trust me, I know how it feels down there and the way it looks <laughs> and what kind of couch there and whatever, I do know. I've been there a lot. <laughs> um, it's, 
so I'm feeling so honored right now to talk about this because I feel like in the neurological, like in that brain-based approach, we talk so much about professional athletes and performance and how we can run faster and jump higher and lift more and whatever, or being out of pain. But we never really talk about how a female especially can benefit from those exercises that you can implement throughout your day without anyone even noticing, you know? Yeah. And that's the beauty of it. My, in my opinion. Yeah. So can you, um, I would love to, uh, for you to share. So say a female has, maybe they have a little bit of an irregular menstrual cycle, the five to seven days before their period comes, they suffer PMS, whether that's, you know, headaches, irritability, pain, bloating. Um, could you talk us through a few things that they could do or implement um, in the neurological space to yeah. help with that? Yeah, I mean, I because the the nervous system is so individual. I cannot yes. guarantee that this is working. So um, I never, this is also what I tell my clients. So I think I can help you, but I can't guarantee it. Yeah. With, yeah like so, That's with everything. Yeah. It's like, it's that's all a puzzle right? and we yeah. try and put the puzzle pieces together and, and we try things. Um, huh. Some people respond, some people don't, and it's all a learning. And I know it's very individualized, but I, I guess there's like a generalist thing here as well. Yeah. So like, you know, we could all probably benefit from having that wrap or that pressure. Yeah. Even if it's just to bring awareness to our body sometimes yeah. that can even help so i don't know if you can share maybe a few things so for me what came up when you were talking is the breathing part yeah and i talk that about that a lot but maybe you could just share i know you shared like you know maybe a tempo or maybe what you would do the five to seven days before you start to bleed yeah um so there's a few things that work super well for me in personal, right? Yeah. So I've talked about compression about the abs, which you can do really throughout the day. And if you don't have a compression belt that you can use, just take like a jumper and wrap it around your waist. Yeah. And make sure you find a spot or like a height in, on the height that you really feel comfortable with. And that makes you feel, so, that makes you feel secure. Because whenever you do anything like that and it makes you not feel good, then don't do it. Because yeah. then it's just not for you. That's, I just want to say that. Because it's, it's no one size fits all. And if you feel like, oh, abdomen, like pressure about the abdomen is weird. I can't do that. Then don't do it. It's fine. And there will be something else. Okay. Yeah, I like that. And I think that's important because yeah. if you're, no right if you're forcing yourself to do it, you're telling your brain you're going to, you're going to tell it it's unsafe. You don't like it. You're putting the wrong inputs in there. So yeah, I like that you mentioned that it's not, you know, these are just examples that you're giving that have worked yeah. for you and may work. Um, but if it doesn't feel right, don't do it. No. I mean, if it doesn't feel right, it's probably something you should be working yeah. on. <laughs> I yeah. like that. Yeah. But just so yeah. for now, okay? But that's so in life, have, isn't it? We always yeah. have to do the, pick the hard part. Often if it feels easy, it's not the right way. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, so we do, we covered um, compression about the abs. Then 
we have uh, the vibration inside the ear shell. Do you say ear shell? Or like, is that how you call you it? You can call it whatever you want. I really All love right. hearing uh, the things, like how you, you know, what you call things. Head, yeah. <laughs> that looks like an ear. Yeah. And inside that. We call it a canal, but yeah. Oh, not the canal. I don't mean the canal. Okay. I mean this, this up here. All right. She's so, pointing to like yeah, just on the outs- outside of the <laughs> ear. I don't know what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> so if you, let's do it together. So if you stick your finger in the canal and then you slide up, yeah, until you, in, until your finger actually goes in a little bit again, that's probably the spot where you should put, you can even go like the end of a vibrational toothbrush. Oh yeah, that's cool. Or a vibrator. (laughs) Probably a bit too thick, to be honest. I I don't know what kind of vibrator you're using. There might be one other that will fit. (laughs) Or a vibrating pen or something. Yeah, whatever. If there is such thing as a vibrating pen, then please use that. (laughs) But I'm sure you're a female, you'll find something vibrating. And if not, get something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you could use that for about, yeah, let's say 20 seconds on, 20 seconds off. See how it makes you feel. Um, then we could go for breathing, like you said before. This is another thing. So deeply inhaling through the nose. Yeah, like... Make sure you fill your belly and your lung. Yeah. So we never want to miss the lungs. I know everyone says, oh, belly breathing, not chest breathing. Blah, blah, blah. Well, the lung kind of sits in the chest though. So you should make sure that you not just expand the abdomen. So you actually get the air in as well. Okay. And then you deeply breathe out through the mouth, through the nose, doesn't matter. And then you hold your breath. So you're super, you're empty. You really want to get everything out and then you hold it. If you can only hold it for three, do it for three seconds. If you can hold it for two, two is fine. Um, if you can do five, six, totally great. But when you then inhale again, try to stay calm. So don't hold and then do and try to and panic. So try to stay calm. So you really have to work your way up with that. And I would recommend about three to five in an exhales. Yeah. And if you really want to make sure that you are practicing that, I would implement it in your morning routine. If you do have one um, or when you sit in the car, you're in a traffic light, you have to pick um, situations. Maybe, maybe when no one's around you first, because it might be weird for other people to see you hold your breath and then breathing loudly. And I, at the start, I don't want you to feel yeah, you know, like look that or anything because that can apply pressure as well. And we don't want that, especially when we're in PMS mode, right? Yeah. You um, want to be in a safe environment yeah. where you feel safe. Yeah, exactly. And you don't want anyone looking at you weirdly because it just makes you feel more unsafe. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I would do that in the morning to your routine or um, at times when no one's around you and you really need to relax for a little bit or find yourself again. That's very important. Do you know how when we have PMS, I feel like we're very disconnected to who we are because our hormones just play, I don't know, chess or whatever they play. 
So, or I, I more feel like they're playing rugby, to be honest. <laughs> but <laughs> something. But um, so, if you feel that, or if you feel super, super hungry, and you don't know why, because you just ate, I have that a lot. And then I sit myself down for a minute and breathe, or even take the timer on my phone, set it on two minutes, sit down, and then breathe. Do my breathing exercises. My hunger actually goes away. Because sometimes it's just a mismatch of information and you're not hungry. You don't want to stuff yourself, right? Um, another thing is you can include some very deep humming. Hmm. So if for, vi- you wait, for vibration? Yeah. So, yeah. so here it's, um, how do you say it in English? Perognia, the thing, you know, behind when you're swallowing. So we want to the pharynx get, or the esophagus uh, or yeah. the larynx. Yeah, that thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. Sorry, still German, okay? Yeah. Um, so you want to create vibration there. So not try not to hum. You know how you can hum and it's like, mm, and it's all in your mouth. You yeah. really want to really deeply hum so it goes all the way down your throat into your chest so it'd be instead of a mm, it would be like a mm. so when you then would actually clap here it would be like mm. it give you some real vibration yeah you can even include that in your if you're in your exhaling so doing your breathing exercise and then you breathe in and then exhaling doing like mm, getting the air out through your mouth hold your breath, do that again. And you will really feel like how you get into like a meditative state. Yeah. That's, and that's also the reason why, um, why when you do actually meditate, the um is nothing else really. It's just yeah. activating vagus nerve. Yeah. It's the vibration that activates the nerve that's calming the nervous system. So all of those <laughs> things that you just said, that's what they're doing. So if we're looking at it, we're zooming out. Our goal is nervous system. And there some of the tools that you can use to activate nerve, vagus nerve and calm the nervous system down. Yeah. And then when the nervous system is calm, yeah. that's when we can train harder be more emotionally stable, have more powerful relationships, get more out of our training. Is that, is, yeah. Yeah. 100% because what you're saying right now is nothing else than just making the the brain in that case again, feel safe again. Okay. I love that. I love how we circled back around. Yeah. Because first I'm going to look at your brain Yeah, and then we're going to make it feel safe. Yeah. Because again, Back to the very start, safety before performance. Yeah. If we feel safe, we can perform. If there's something that's hindering us of the feeling of safety, the performance, you know how it feels when you go into training and you have your period and you're not all up there. It's terrible. Yeah. It makes you feel terrible. It makes you feel pressured. Everything's heavy. Your body feels like a ton to move around. But those tools or the toolbox that we just filled with those neuro exercises, they can help you to actually go out there and don't feel that way so much anymore because you're supporting the nervous system of being safe. And while you're being safe, 
you are also more emotionally stable. So your outbursts will probably decrease. Your feeling of outrageous hunger will go down. You don't want to have, do you know how you get carbohydrates, carbohydrate excess food eating? Yeah. <laughs> I want to like dive into all the bread that I can find for two days straight. Yeah. But actually, you can still do that and you should do that because you shouldn't limit yourself because these are your hormones and you and you have to accept that they're there and they're not breaking you. They're literally there because we are females and we should be proud of them. But at the same time, we should make sure that we can support them also in a way that makes us feel good. That's how I see it. Yeah, I, I love that. I think that's so beautiful. Um, yeah. So I want to end with a few questions. Okay. What are you curious about right now? Oh, in general, anything? Yeah, I, it can be okay. anything. Okay. So I honestly am curious about where my journey is going to go with that approach because my dream right like my dream is actually to go abroad and going back to australia actually to hold a workshop about what i do um yeah i would just love to talk about what i do in my way yeah because there's a lot of nerds out there that talk about <laughs> yeah. no, no, being serious. Like I'm a nerd. I yeah. wouldn't do I wouldn't do neurology if I wasn't. I'm sorry, but no way. <laughs> but there is a lot of people out there that go very nerdy about things. And I don't want to do that because a lot of people don't want to listen to that. Because yeah, we, it's unsexy. I talk about this often. Like you have to make it sexy. And I believe that you can make neurology sexy. <laughs> Oh, I believe yeah. that too. Well, yeah. No, no, yeah, no doubt. Okay, so you're curious about where this work can take you and the people yeah. that you work with. So you just yeah. you're really still curious about the work. Yeah, yeah. And oh, I, I, I'm obsessed. Okay. Because in the end, we really know about one percent of what our brain actually can do. Yeah. Right. Now. <laughs> so that's super cool. What are like your favorite three resources for people uh, to learn maybe more about this? You can be one of them or maybe there are some resources that you use to learn about, about this. So um, as I said, I do the Z Health curriculum. So Z Health University in Phoenix is for me the place to go, the place that has kind of changed my life as well. Um, then... There is two great books that I can really recommend from Norman Deutsch. I think that's how you call it. It's one of them is called uh, the brain, how the brain changes itself. It's about neuroplasticity and um, how neuroscientists have taught people that were blind to see again, those kind of things crazy stuff and the other thing is how the brain can heal us so the healing power of the brain from that author which i can really recommend great books read them twice um i'll put them in the show notes yeah i can send i send the the details to you later if you want i have them here in my bookshelf yeah 
I'd love for you to send me the link to the Z Health to the books and then we'll put your information in the show notes as well. Yeah, um, that was the next thing. Like, um, I mean, I I am very not, I'm not self, how do you say like self? um, No, it doesn't matter. I'm not, I just want to say like, I don't really like normally putting myself out there as a resource because there's a lot of greater people than me right now. But as I said before, I am a nerd, but I try to make information accessible and put in perspective for people that have no idea. So if you guys are very interested in the way you can train, not really in a super different way than the way you do right now with strength training or running or whatever, then you can hit me up on Instagram because my stories, they're actually super inf- like informative about how to integrate neuro drills in your normal training life. Yeah. And this is, I think could be a whole nother podcast and I'd love to do another episode about, okay, so we're like in the training, how can we use it to get more out of our training? Yeah. 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 100%. I'd be stoked. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then my last uh, question is, did I miss anything out? Should I've asked a question, but I didn't. No, I don't think so. Okay. We covered a lot. (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah so much um, we covered a lot of very um specific stuff like i've never actually dove so deeply into vagus nerve insular cortex like so i do hope that those messages came across in a way that you guys could actually understand yeah i think um i think like listening to it having a notebook and writing some things yeah. down and then if any questions come up i'll pop gina's uh information in the show notes or you can connect with me and ask me the question and i can connect with gina um yeah. and then yeah we can get the answer to it and you may have to listen to it a couple of times like i'll go back and listen to it again um but i always want it to be super practical for people because when they're listening to it, they're like, okay, well then like, what do I even do? And I think I would like you to maybe put it in a little bit of a nutshell about, I I guess about the work and about the impact of it and about the why behind it. Like I'm really passionate about understanding the why. Yeah. Do you want me to do that right now? Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) To finish up. Because like I can, I can like put it in a nutshell, but I would love you just to kind of wrap it up. So the reason for you as a, as a listener, all right, to keep, um, think more about neurological approach and brain first, the, the why would be because it's the start of everything. If again, if it wasn't for our brains, we wouldn't be here. So you are your brain. If your brain doesn't feel safe, it will give you a response that can be anything from feeling tired, sore muscles, um, not able to sleep, excessive hunger, a sensation, pain, nausea, vomiting, fatigue, okay? If it feels great, it's anything else that's not that. (laughs) (laughs) Beautiful, I love that. And, um, so, and the reason why I do that again is I want you guys out there to connect more with yourself 
and connect, connect more with your body because you only have that one. So we, made, we should make sure that we create a body and a nervous system that can actually bring us to 120 years. And I am so sure that I'm going to reach yeah, those. I love that. So you guys should be too, because yeah. it's really not that hard if you pay attention. Yeah, that's so beautiful. And Gina, can you tell people where they can find you? Uh, yeah, so you can find me on my Instagram, which is um, g.r.i.t.athletics. But if you type in Grid Athletics and you see me, Gina, personal trainer, it still says personal trainer, but then um, you can just follow me. I'd be stoked if, you, if I'd catch some follows because I really love the people that follow me and they ask me so many questions and this is so cool for me. Yeah. Um, there is an email address on my Instagram account and I'd love, um, emails. If there's anything that I can answer, I normally answer in about 24 hours because of time differences or whatever, but I do love the people that are actually interested in what I do. So shoot some questions if you do have some. Um, there is a website that is only in German. <laughs> yes. That's what I figured out before. Um, <laughs> today or yesterday when I jumped on it uh, it was all in German so yeah and uh, yeah it's really come down because my friend said I should do it myself so I got a cheap version yeah and I found that I can't put a translation icon so if you do want to hit my email at uh, my website up please do it www.grid-athletic-coaching.com but it's all in German but there yeah. is a contact form on there. So if you write me an English message, as you can hear, I can speak English. So I will reply in English. Which yeah, is she's pretty good. You did really well. Um, <laughs> but no, you should check out her Instagram. It's full of really cool shit. Uh, she posts a lot. It's very informative. It's fun. Um yeah. And you can integrate it into, into your life. So Gina, I want to thank you so much for getting up at 4am and, yeah, and coming on here and sharing your story and your work that you're doing. And I think it's so important, uh, as part of our umbrella. Yeah. I, I love the whole red umbrella. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I was honored. Thanks for having me talk. And I hope that I could provide value. Yeah. And we'll, um, we'll connect again and we'll do another one. Yeah. Let's do it. Thank you. <laughs> if you have any questions, you can connect with me on Instagram at Amy Kate Bow. I also write a daily blog. You can sign up on my website, amykatebow.com. Thank you for making the space to listen today. Remember, take the long way home. Bye for now.